You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago with today's special edition of Catholic Schools Today. Father Greg Sakowitz, Rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, Assistant of the Rector, which happens to be me, for Plan Development, and you are listening to WNDZ. 7.50 a.m., our phone number 312-255-8408. The time is 8.01. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Good. It's good to see you in person. I saw you live streaming yesterday at Mass, 10 o'clock, Holy Name Cathedral. It was wonderful. That was the first. It was I a know, history how making. wonderful. Thank you to Brian Hockey Brock. Did a marvelous job. Yeah. Brian, congratulations. It was our first attempt ever at live streaming the Mass. And, uh, it looked like we'd been doing it for years. It was very Brian had about 1,000 views for the first time, which is marvelous. Also, thank you to Father Mark Smolka, Michelle Peltier, Lori Doyle for all their great work. And, uh, and we it's, can, it's something we've been trying to do for a couple of years, but it costs money. And the happy news was parishioners coming to you with a challenge grant to fund the live streaming. So the basics are now funded, and we're continuing to ask people to support uh, live streaming at Holy Name Cathedral. And people are generous. We're getting close to our goal. Their hearts are just real big. So thank you to the uh, community of Cathedral, and we are live streaming every Sunday now at 10 a.m. Now Cardinal Supich will also be on ABC right. at 9.30 in the morning from the cathedral, which is part of our liturgy I, on Saturdays at 4 p.m. on YouTube and social media. Now that you're live streaming, I've heard you're a bit of a devo in terms of makeup and hair and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very difficult to work with. 802, you're right, 802 in Chicago. John Glimko will give an update about Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic Schools. He'll discuss the reopening of schools in the fall plan John, welcome to Catholic Schools Today. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning. Great to be on the show with you this morning. Great, great to be, to be with you. about our schools uh, to be reopening this fall. I'll tell you something. If somebody has a lot on their dish, beside a lot of pastors and pastoral teams and all Catholic parishes, schools is really, I mean, talk about up in the air. So what are the plans, John, for reopening, I presume, at the end of next month? Yes, it's coming up quickly, and our plans are to be back, and back together face-to-face, because we know that's the best way for our students to learn, as well as it's the best way for us to gather as Catholics, to celebrate uh, the liturgy together and the the growth and and formation of faith. So we do plan to be back this fall, uh, face-to-face instruction, all students are back together, but we're going to do some modifications. Uh, We're focusing on a cohort model for our students in classroom Now explain to people, what is the cohort model? The cohort model is where we're going to be looking at a homeroom-type structure for our students, and the students will be together uh, as best possible with the same group of students all day. And it kind of is a a structure that's being supported already in our elementary schools. Uh, We'll keep the students together, 
uh, working together in the cohort. Uh, they'll be in their classroom. Uh, one of the requirements is uh, for all of our students, and this is from the state, is that they'll all be wearing masks, but you know, doing some distancing in the classroom as well. They'll stay together as a group. Uh, special teachers, or like in middle school, where they have different specialist teachers that come in for different subjects, will be traveling into the cohort. But the cohort themselves will, as best we can, stay together as a group. So it'll help us to um, minimize any uh, exposure, as well as it helps develop a strong, cohesive group of students to work together. Now, what about recess? How does that work? Yeah, you know, we, we we know the kids need to move, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, but <clears throat> it's my favorite part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right, uh, and we'll find some ways for the students to be out, be outside together. You know, if, uh, that will be a time maybe that the face mask may be allowed to come off if they can maintain the six feet uh, social distancing and breathe a bit. Uh, and we'll find different strategies, different games. You know, I go back to my old days as a PE teacher, and uh, there are many different strategies we can do that don't involve the traditional uh, uh, games that will allow the students to get out, move around, and um, breathe a bit. So I guess tackle football will be out. Mm. I think it's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for darn sure. Now, let me ask you this, John. I've heard in the classroom, I've read articles, uh, desks three and a half feet apart, desks six feet apart. What will the archdiocese be doing? You know, we're going to benefit from the cohort model that we don't have to have the full six feet apart from desks as the students are together. Uh, there will be a mask in the classroom so as well. Uh, but being in the cohort, we have a little bit more room. That being said, we're going to do all we can to maintain good distance between our desks to minimize exposure uh, and make full use of the classrooms. Um, we have large classrooms in most of our buildings, and we're going to use those spaces wisely to allow for the students to be safe. Now, the thing is, um, are we talking children? Let's, let's say Mark and I are in a cohort. Are we there Monday through Friday, or is it alternate days? How is it working? You know, we are planning in the uh, elementary schools to be there each day. Uh, that's our focus and our target. You may hear some different strategies that different high schools are using, and those will be employed basically because of size. Now, how do the pastors and principals fit in? Are you doing major training with them? Um, because there probably is a diversity of opinion on fully opening. There are. Just like our parishes went through training for their uh, pastors and staff to be prepared to welcome people back to the church, same thing for our buildings. We're providing training for our schools, our principals, and our two different teams. We have a curricular team, a facilities team that we working together, a building team, and making sure our, te- our principals are well-versed as well as the teams are. And we also have a checklist of all requirements that need to be met before the schools can safely open. Now, what about, um, I had heard rumblings that if the parents are not comfortable sending their kids, they can do the distance learning thing. How does a teacher do that? You know, we are going to work to provide a archdiocese program for this to happen, help it. So if there's a family that the student can't uh, return due to medical concerns, either with the child or with the family, but still wants to be part, and we hope wants to be part of our school community, we'll be providing an archdiocese-based uh, learning platform for them to be engaged in learning throughout the course of the year and still maintain uh, a relationship with their church school. You know, what really scares me, John, is that you look at Florida, you look at Texas, you look at Arizona, California, uh, the numbers have re-spiked severely. I think uh, yesterday Florida has set a record now for most, like 15,000-plus cases in one day. Illinois is going up. The deaths, thank God, are going down. But I'm sure this whole thing is so tentative because as we hope and pray COVID-19 goes away, I think we know it's not. And until they come up with a vaccine or reach herd immunity, uh, this is going to stay with us. And so I'm sure the schools are preparing 
the absolute worst if we had a close, which I don't want to think that, but I think about in terms of the church is the same thing. So I'm sure you've given that some thought, too. We have. You know, one of the teams that they're asked to form is a curricular team to make sure that we are working with the possibility of having to go to remote learning once again and what that would look like. You know, we learned some good lessons uh, from the program we did, you know, this last uh, spring. Now, what did you learn? What did you learn? Well, what we learned, we learned that we want to make sure that we have a good, robust platform for our families. But we also want to make sure we don't have too many platforms. Uh, some of our schools, as they were trying different things out to best connect with families, uh, if you had multiple children in the school, you might have four or five different platforms uh, to work with from home, which, uh, you know, boy, that could drive anybody crazy. Uh, so we've really focused on how to work with these programs and make sure that principals are ready to uh, implement no more than two platforms for home usage within a school. Uh, we're also asked to make sure they're well prepared with the curriculum materials so parents know where we are in a pacing place, that as students are learning from home, what they should expect, where their students should be, uh, what, where they should be in the curriculum, and moving forward. And we're asking an awful lot of our principals and our, our teachers during what would maybe be the time to recharging a bit what they're actually doing is spending a lot of time in curricular renewal and preparation to make sure that should we have to slide in and out of remote learning throughout the course of the year, it's going to be a smooth transition. We did a remarkable job. I'm, I'm still re- uh, am amazed at how great our schools did with very little preparation time to launch what we did in the springtime. But yeah, I will certainly learning. second that the Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic Schools did a fabulous job as I was talking to teachers, principals, students, parents, on both grammar school and high school level. I was very impressed. On such short notice, had to flip it around and do at-home learning. Now, what about, I'm curious, that it's all going to happen at once. There's no, there's no strategy for phasing numbers of kids back to school. So on day one of the beginning of school, everybody comes back? No, because just like any t- uh, type of learning process that has to be done wisely and gradually, and so we're working with our schools that they do work with how they bring their students back. Maybe it's going to be the early elementary on one day, the middle elementary years, the second day, and then the middle school, the third day. Uh, each school will work with their numbers and size to see what's the best plan. But we're going to have to teach our students how to come back into our building. Uh, simple routines that they've used for years, pick up, drop off, starting lines, line up and coming in. It's going to need some more work to work with it. You know, as we're having every children coming into the building, we're going to be doing a wellness check and what that will look like and how our students need to be prepared to come through. For now, as kids come into the school, will they sanitize their hands and come in one at a time? We will be bringing students in uh, in different groupings. Many times they'll be uh, hopefully, uh, weather permitting, meeting on the parking lot together and meeting before they come to the building, and that will include a temperature check, a couple wellness questions that the teacher or designee will be asking the students, uh, sanitizing their hands, uh, you know, just from the car to the playground, a lot can happen. And uh, making oh, sure yeah. them in, and working on our traffic plan, bringing them in together, hopefully by cohort, uh, having designated doors for cohorts to enter into different buildings, and uh, making sure they come in small groups at a time to allow for minimization of exposure between cohorts, but also the safest entry plan as possible. Now, I do know, John, that uh, Catholic schools are still looking to recruit children. The doors are wide open. Give us a phone number and web for parents to learn more about Catholic schools and send their child to a Catholic grammar school or high school? Absolutely. They can uh, reach us on the web at schools.archchicago.org. One more time. Schools.archchicago.org. They can also call the individual schools, and they'll find those contact numbers all on our website. Or they can call the Office of Catholic Schools. Our office number is 312 
312-534-5200. That number once again? Sure, 312-534-5200. want to thank in a very special way John Glimko for joining us this morning on Catholic Schools Today, a special edition of Catholic Chicago. John, God bless you, your team. And we see Dr. Jim Rigg, tell him we say hello. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of work to do in a short time. You are listening to Catholic Schools Today, 312-255-8408 on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackowitz with Mark Teresi. The time is 8.12. Stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial. Inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the outreach efforts underway by the Catholic Church to help people in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll show you how online masses have become a common way of worship, and we'll give you a sampling of how teachers and students in Catholic schools are being creative and productive during the health crisis. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today.
we're back. WNDC, 750 AM Catholic. Did you lose your microphone? I know I did. Sorry. Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You know, research clearly shows that children who attend preschool are more likely to succeed in kindergarten and that participating in early childhood education provides academic, social benefits that last well beyond the early years. When a child enters a preschool or kindergarten in one of our Catholic schools, they become part of an established setting for learning. Our preschool and kindergarten classrooms are an integral part of the elementary school community, and they're considered an important part of the learning continuum. Joining us now is Julie Ramsky, Early Childhood Director of the Archdiocese of Chicago. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, early uh, education. Morning, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. Julie, now where Good morning, have, gentlemen. Julie, where have you and I met? Um, I've been around for a long time, Father Maybe Craig. You, you're a veteran. Previous, uh, yeah, I've, I've started out as a teacher about 44 years ago. Oh, in wow. what, what school? Oh, um, Santa Lucia. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, I, I know we've met different groupings or meetings or gatherings. Probably in the office. I've yeah. been on the radio show. Mm-hmm. I know you. I was going to say you've been I around at least thirty Sunday, years. I see you every Sunday, Father Greg. <laughs> oh, Cardinal Supich. I see you at Mass. Oh yeah, and That's... now you can watch him live streaming now. And really cathedral. hear him. <laughs> and the Cardinal's giving great, great homilies. So it. Uh, I know. But I'm sure. I know. Yeah. Julie, yeah. your work right now is so difficult. In fact, uh, Mark, you had a good question for uh, Julie. Well, we have uh, three granddaughters, and one is just about ready for kindergarten, and I see our daughter-in-law and son struggling with, do I send her? Do I not? How is she going to react? How do we react uh, to, you know, the environment that they're now in right now in terms of all of us are distancing and the mask coming, grandma and grandpa coming in with the mask and, you know, the bug, the bug, you know, grandpa, we know we can't hug you because of the bug. Uh, (laughs) So how, how, how does that work for a young parent that's thinking, struggling with this question? Well, the the whole principle of early childhood education has really been very uh, challenged by the pandemic and the uh, having the having the children in, not being able to be in the school in the classroom with their friends with their teachers. They really do miss that. Yes, and the. One of the main purposes of preschool is uh, the interaction that children have with Absolutely. others exactly. and their teacher, learning how to cooperate, learning how uh, to um, work as a team, learning how to have patience and um, concentrate, and you know, just learning the value of education and what it what it means to be in a school setting. So uh, that's hard. That's that's difficult um, to replicate that kind of classroom at home for yeah, remote here's, learning. And thing is, Julie, here's the thing. Bottom line is you can't because you, no, that whole right, socialization. And here's a true story. Of course, I'm a 100 years old, but when I was at uh, Washington <laughs> Grammar School for kindergarten because Mary Seat of Wisdom was I entered in 1959 kindergarten. They wouldn't take you? They, I flunked. <laughs> I said, there was no kindergarten in Mary's State of Wisdom. No, Starting no. first grade, they wouldn't take me. I had a reputation <laughs> then. And, but here's the thing. We lived a block away from Washington Grammar School, and I couldn't stand kindergarten. I couldn't stand it. 
I liked Recess. The, 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 reason, I, the reason I couldn't stand <laughs> it is because is that nothing of the kids or the teacher, when Mrs. Schluter was wonderful, I remember her name 62 years later, is that I, I have a sister, Pam, one year younger. I wanted to stay home and play with Pam. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, mm. and I'll, here's a cut story. is I was in kindergarten. We had recess. It was a block away during recess. I left school. You went home? I went home. And so my mother's doing the dish. She says, Greg, what are you at home? I said, I don't like it. I want to play with Pam. <laughs> and my mother walked me down back to kindergarten. I was screaming, kicking, didn't want to go. But after a while, maybe by after a month or so, I started kind of liking it because Mrs. Schluter was a sweetheart, great teacher, and the kids were fun to be with. But I had a tough adjustment because I did not want to leave home and leave my sister Pam. I'm sure mm-hmm. I wasn't the only kid like that. And um, she was a lot of stories. It's an adjustment. <laughs> it's an adjustment. But here's the thing. You're saying, Julie, is the need for socialization beyond the home. Yes, the, the, and the teachers, believe me, early childhood teachers are well aware of this. Our preschool teachers did a phenomenal job when we had to start remote learning on March 16th. They really did keep up those relationships with their families, which is was the most important thing. And their children, they did a lot of Zooms so that the, the children could actually see them and see their classmates and interact with them. So the teachers are, are preparing. They know that the first few weeks of school are going to have to be spent on transitioning the children back into a learning environment and and you know for some some children it's going to be difficult breaking that 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 habit that bond that they're you know have right now with their parents from being home for the last five six months so um yes learning will take place but but our schools our principals and teachers do know that we have to address the social-emotional needs of our, of our students when they come back. Good. Julie, we're going to take a little break. WNDZ, sure. 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. And when we come back, you'll hear Father Craig's story about his, gra- <laughs> his grammar school <laughs> years. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. Oh, Father Craig. It's a word that inspires individuals and groups of people to achieve important goals. And in recent weeks, teamwork has been essential to our food and nutrition services at Catholic Charities. Careful allocation of food supplies has allowed all nine of our food pantries to serve twice the number of guests they usually see. A detailed coordination of staff and resources has ensured that our WIC centers remain open for families with children under five years old. Despite social distancing, our volunteers and restaurant partners have continued to make to-go meals possible for the hungry and the homeless who come to 721 North LaSalle and our suburban locations. And our creative employees have worked with food vendors and neighbors to make sure homebound seniors and the disabled still have meals delivered to them. Our team members recognize how serious food insecurity can be. Please join us in our mission. Visit www.catholiccharities.net. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 
anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Back, WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. And we're speaking with Julie Ramsky, Early Childhood Director, Archdiocese of Chicago. Julie, how can parents of kindergartners, preschoolers who are getting ready for this transition to get back to school, how can they prepare their children for that? Obviously, having conversations with their child, uh, modeling uh, the kind of behavior that uh, is expected, Talking to them about uh, wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of great videos and resources online for young children, um, and and just reassuring them. Um, Mr. Rogers was is one of my heroes, and mm-hmm. he always refers to you know uh, uh, for children to to look at the the helpers. And so parents are, are, of course, the most important influence on their child, and and that will be then carried over in school once the children uh, get acclimated to the first few days. It's going to be it's going to be a hard transition, but um, parents just need to keep reassuring their child that everything will be okay. That at school they will be in good hands and will be taken care of. Now, Julie, I have a question. You know, the last four months have been horrific in terms of stress, uh, yes. as, as the children called the bug, mm-hmm. and stay away from people, the bug. <clears throat> For a child who is four or five years old, possibly three years old, who has been instilled by their parents, stay away from people, don't get close, let's stay home, let's not do too much social distancing. How do you have help a child who is four years old get into a classroom for the last four months, it's been stay away from people, stay somewhat isolated. Yeah. The exact opposite. I, I agree, Father mm-hmm. Greg. I, you know, the best analogy I have for young children is they're like a litter of puppies. They're just, yeah. you know, they're just all over. They want mm-hmm. to play with each other. They mm-hmm. don't understand social distancing. Yeah. So, again, I, I have to say our, our, our early childhood teachers, who are phenomenal, they do a wonderful job, will be key to reassuring the children the the first few days and possibly weeks are going to be spent in just uh you know teaching the children about the social reminding them about the mask uh you know doing lots of hand washing hand sanitizer and just getting into that routine and i think when the children see their classmates and see other students in the school and their teachers and principals are all doing the same thing um, for everybody's benefit. I mean, they're they're young and and they don't understand everything, but uh, preschool kindergarten teachers truly understand child development and know how to help children. Now, Julia, I have this 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 uh, comment or insight, and that is, 
this has not been what you call a typical summer. <laughs> Here it is, July 15th, quote, summer vacation is roughly half over. I'm waiting for summer to begin. What does that mean? Ball games, picnics, family gatherings, visiting friends, walking, and more outdoors, going to the lake. None of that has happened. <clears throat> They're hoping to get baseball started next week, maybe. But <laughs> my point is, if there's, if there's a time of year in which people so socialize and together, it is summertime. And I don't know about you, Mark, or Julie, this has not felt like summer. I'm, I'm okay. It's summer in the calendar. It's hot out. It's hot, It's yeah. July. I get it. But that summer feel is absent. Mm-hmm. And even children, I don't see children playing together because they can't. No. And I'll, no. G- I'll give you a for instance. So we have an August family event, and uh, a yearly event. And they just, uh, my niece just emailed everybody, the out-of-towners can't travel. My wife, I saw her response, which was, you know, we're distancing, maybe two people. We sit in the backyard. So basically everybody has said we can't gather as a family uh, this year because of, for a variety of reasons. Well, along those lines, July 4th, we always get together as a family, of course, not with mom this year because mom has gone home to God. We always get together on July 4th. We did not. Yeah. Our own family chose not to because of social distancing. And so, Julia, how do you handle that whole aspect? It's almost um, it's an unknown. It's like tackling fog. You, you can't you, you have trouble putting it into yeah. words. Yeah, um, out you know, get getting the the children outdoors as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, if you have a backyard that you know you can turn into a extended play space. But technology has really is provided us with wonderful ways to stay connected. Uh, so I had the same experience with a family picnic being canceled, and you know, using Zoom and the other platforms, um, you know, we can stay connected with our family members. I saw one of our parishes had an online, a virtual carnival to replace their, you know, what they would have Mm -hmm. had scheduled this summer, where you could click on a video and experience what it was like to take a roller coaster (laughs) ride. Throw throw popcorn at yourself in the living room. (laughs) Yeah, there are so many resources uh, online for families to help children through the summer period. And and, um, I know there's uh, like a run on on swimming pools for the backyard. I've heard that they're really hard to get these days. So, and you can't get um, the swing sets or anything. I mean, our <laughs> son and his wife just moved into their home. You can't. Away on back, back order. Let me, one little funny story. So, and, and this is where I think you need them back at school in terms of technology. So we're at our uh, granddaughter's yesterday, and the little three-year-old is in this ad. She's just a cutie pie. She's in this ad for uh, some kind of pound puppy watch that – and uh, she showed me they got a, 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 a they each got watches. So she shows me the watch. And she wants me to put on her wrist. I'm putting on her wrist. She said, "Now, Papa treats. This is a demo model." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, "Demo model, three years old, <laughs> and they know it's a demo model. It's that's not pretty the real. impressive." And but it's that's all this technology on her wrist. Wow. Yeah, that's because, Mark, they're digital natives where we're not. So, exactly. Yeah, and and um, it's, it's second nature to them. We need to bring the segment mm-hmm. to a close. And the teachers um, are so tuned into that. You know, Julie, then yeah. we wanted to learn more about the early childhood work, going to school. 
Give us a number where they can go to to learn more. I can give you my number. Sure. Go ahead. 312-534-3868. That number once again. 312-534-3868. And I'm happy to have a conversation with any parent that... um, would like to talk about their child coming to our preschools or kindergarten. Julie, it's been a great having you on the program. Thank you to Julie mm-hmm. Ramsky, Early Childhood Director of the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to Catholic Schools Today, a special edition of Catholic Chicago, our phone number 312-255-8408, WNDZ 750 AM, 833 in Chicago. Father Greg Zach with Mark Teresi. Stay with us. Do not touch that dial. And Julie, thank you. You've been a great guest. God bless.